Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Good morning, listeners, and welcome to Real Presence Live. We are here at the Church of Corpus Christi in Bismarck, North Dakota. Sunny day, September 1st, first day of September, and I am Karen Slensky along with Father Logan Obergewich, and we have a great show planned for you today. So, as always, good morning, Father. Good morning, Karen. It's good to be with you and all you listeners out there. We'll start off with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Good and loving Father, we just thank you for this new day. We thank you most of all for your Son, who came to redeem the world. We just ask that we encounter his love this day in a new and deeper way. And we just pray in Jesus' name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Father. Um, So we have a wonderful show planned for you today. Um, We are going to start out the show with Beverly Everett from the Bismarck Mandan Symphony. And then we will go into Steve Ray, as well as Sarah Swafford, and we will end with Tammy Schaefer today. So make sure you stay tuned. Lots of good information coming your way. And we do have Beverly on the phone. Beverly, are you there? I'm here. Thank you for having me this morning. Yes, good morning. And Beverly is with the Bismarck Mandan Symphony Orchestra. She is on her way back to North Dakota, so safe travels to you. And Thank you. Yeah, we just wanted to, um, you know, get an update on the Bismarck Mandan Symphony Orchestra. And maybe if you just want to tell us first a little bit about you, so there's many listeners that are new and might not know who you are. Sure. Well, my name is Beverly Everett, and I conduct the Bismarck Mandan Symphony Orchestra. I've been with that orchestra for about 12 years now. And then I also am the conductor in Bemidji, Minnesota. Um, and I've been with that orchestra for about 17 years, so I've been up in the Midwest for a while. And I'm also an organist, so I have the wonderful opportunity to teach organ lessons out at the University of Mary, as well as conducting and uh, some other classes out there. And then I am also the organist there at Corpus Christi, so have a really fun kind of musical life there in, in the Bismarck, Mandan, and Bemidji area. Awesome, and we are very blessed to have you. Um, thank you, and we love your, your, um, you know, your musical things you do after the, each mass, where the kids can come up and watch you play the organ because that's a gift. Thank yeah, you. a question I had, Beverly, is how did you get into music and eventually to be a conductor? So I started taking piano lessons when I was six years old. Um, my mom played piano and. I saw her playing, and I kind of wanted to to play too. And then when I was about 12 years old, I started taking organ lessons from the organist at my church and just really kind of was really drawn to that and seemed to have a a little bit of a natural flair for it, I guess you would say. And um, so then that's what got me to college was a scholarship to study organ. And then when I got to college, I got exposed to the symphony orchestra and 
really kind of fell in love with that as well. So I feel really fortunate to be able to fuse together those two musical areas and have have such great opportunities where I live. Yeah, that's wonderful. So you got you got tied into the symphony orchestra. Just to give uh, just a little background, what is really a symphony orchestra compared to, you know, some other music? Just for some of our listeners out there that might not know what specifically a symphony orchestra is. Sure. Um, well, a symphony orchestra really evolved from smaller orchestras in starting in like the 1600s into the 1700s. And the kind of orchestras we see today have full string sections. So that would be all the violins, violas, cellos, and basses. And then full complements of woodwinds and brass. And then often a lot of percussion and piano and harp. And, you know, sometimes now composers will write for just really unusual combinations of instruments. But it's, it's really fun because it's such a full kind of powerful and beautiful sound that you have there and and plus all the different people that means you know so many different people and their backgrounds of how what brought them to their instruments and then we all come together and make music and so it's really nice nice thing and that's so unique i think you know um but you didn't start so you're not originally from north dakota though correct beverly Correct. I grew up in a town called Waxahachie, Texas. It's about 40 miles south of Dallas. And we didn't have an orchestra program in my high school. In fact, I don't think they do yet today. There was band and choir. And so I played in the band. I was in the marching band and played percussion. And so that's what I did until I, until I got to college. Okay. Well, that's unique. So, and then once you went to college and you, how did you end up here in North Dakota and also Minnesota, obviously with Bemidji? So after I studied at Baylor University and then I ended up, I taught for a year. I taught high school and junior high orchestra out in West Texas. And then I went to the University of Iowa to pursue my doctorate. And from there, I I told people I just kind of kept migrating north. And so I got the position in Bemidji, and I was there for, I think, two or three seasons and then had the opportunity to audition for the Bismarck Orchestra. And people often ask if it's common for conductors to have a conducting position with more than one orchestra, and it really is. And, in fact, a lot of my colleagues have orchestras that are sometimes not only in different states but even in different countries. Um, where they have to fly from one to the other. So I feel really fortunate that mine are, you know, about a a five-and-a-half-hour drive apart, and we can sometimes share music and and share other, even musicians that play in both groups. Sure. Well, and how do you, I'm just curious, with being from Texas, how have you weathered the uh, (laughs) our lovely weather that we have in both uh, North Dakota and Minnesota when you have to drive? Well, I'm very careful about that. Um, if you if you could see my face right now, um, my family knows that I'm a big ninny when it comes to lots of traffic and lots of fast-moving cars. <laughs> so it's always an adventure when I come to Texas. But um, honestly, if the roads aren't safe, I usually work around that. So I either go early or I go a little bit two days later or something, and, and I don't really put myself in harm's way but 
you know, I've lived in the Midwest now since 1996. Oh, so you're so, used to um, it. Yeah. Yeah, it was funny when I moved to Bemidji from Iowa City and people asked, oh, how are you dealing with the winters? And I would say, well, I lived in Iowa City and they would scoff at that. Like, like that was nothing compared to <laughs> northern Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. Yes, our lovely snowstorms. So, so what what is your favorite part of being the, a conductor? I think well, I have two favorite parts, and one is just um, the interaction with the musicians, and so they practice their own part. So, for instance, we start in Bismarck, we start rehearsing for our upcoming concert. We start rehearsing on Tuesday, and so. I've already had musicians emailing me with questions about the music, so I can tell that they're already looking at it. And and then when we all come together, and they're kind of watching me, and it's just this beautiful collaborative process. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my other favorite part of being where I am in both Bismarck and Bemidji is that we, um, as opposed to some other, like, full-time orchestras where you know, like in major cities where that's the musician's full-time job. Our orchestras are what are called per-service orchestras, so most of our musicians have other jobs during the day, and then we rehearse at night. But we also allow youth to be in our orchestras. And so in Bemidji, for example, there is no age limit either on one end or the other. So we've had kids as young as 10 play, and we've had um, people into their 90s, you know, if they can still play. Wow. And one of the things that's been really, really neat for me is to um, have those kids go on and have music careers and then come back and join us as a guest artist. And that's, that's one of my most favorite things is when we get to feature them after watching them grow up. Wow, that's awesome. I didn't know that you guys did that. That is pretty cool. So do you do that in Bismarck as well, or is that just a Bemidji um, type thing? Bismarck has a little bit more restrictions. So in Bismarck, you have to be at least a junior in high school in most cases. Okay. But mm-hmm. still, we do allow that. And we also have a youth symphony in Bismarck, um, and the students get a lot of great experiences in that, too. And we're trying to get that started in Bemidji right now as well. Okay. Yeah, that's really unique. So, you, just one of your favorite parts is focusing on the others, the, the other mu- musicians, and just wanting to see them develop over time. I bet that's a beautiful thing to see. As a conductor, do you, how do you see yourself? Uh, do you kind of see yourself kind of being the the meshing part to hold the musicians together, or where's the focus when you go to a symphony? What do you focus on? Well, it's interesting. My focus as a conductor is really taking the servant leadership approach. And I feel like I'm a collaborator, and I want the orchestra to sound the best they can. And so what I've learned over the years, because, you know, when you first start conducting and you're you're watching videos of famous conductors and you're learning from your teachers and you're trying to get your arm to go the right way <laughs> and all that kind of thing, and you're sort of focused on yourself because you kind of have to be. And then one of the things that evolves is that those gestures come more naturally and you can really focus on what's going to be the most helpful to the orchestra. So 
you know, if you if you watch famous conductors on YouTube or something like that, and sometimes they're, they look very exciting and very dynamic on the podium. But if you really look at what they're doing, they might be kind of challenging to follow and know where you're supposed to play in the music. And so that's been a, a neat journey for me as a conductor to let go of wor- worrying about what I look like and just worrying about if my gesture is going to be the most helpful to the player. And isn't that interesting? Because I don't think people realize the, you know, the importance of, you know, the whole conductor piece with, you know, the, the talent that goes into the swinging of the arms or whatever you want to call it, whatever that, (laughs) you know, terminology is. But, you know, it's interesting because you do watch, you know, if you do watch, anything and you and you see some conductors are you know really into it i mean you're very i think you're very soft and very easy to follow from what i've seen with the symphony so that is definitely a gift (laughs) thank you (laughs) yeah you're very welcome father logan do you have a couple other things that you want to ask yeah so beverly i've seen you played at some different places in the world what have, have you uh performed at a place that was you know just life-changing for you that's kind of helped you be a better conductor so i've seen you played in uh vienna before and in italy um what were those experiences like and kind of did that have an impact on how you play but also conduct um now yeah um those are those two experiences were just two really sort of feeling like once in a lifetime experiences and I think how they changed me was just getting to, in the case of Vienna and playing at St. Stephen's Church, that was an actual recital. So the church sponsored that and they had posters up and things like that. And and I was just so honored to do that. And that was the church where Mozart was baptized and also wow. was married. And so just the historical significance of feeling like, I mean, I wasn't playing on the actual instrument he Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. So those are, those were, okay. So we are going to, we, do we want and you guys again, to stay with us? Oh, oh, I think we, lo- sorry. I think we lost you there, Beverly. Okay. Okay. So we're going to take a quick break here. Um, and just, we want you to stay with us. We have Beverly Everett from the Bismarck Mandan Symphony Orchestra with us. So stay tuned for more information on the symphony. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Do you know a priest who has made a difference in your life or at your parish? One who has helped you through a loss, discern an important decision, or celebrated the sacraments with you and your family? Real Presence Radio would like to know about these amazing priests. Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com contact to nominate your priest. And each week on Real Presence Live, we will recognize one of our priests with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. Help us honor our fathers by nominating your priest today. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Have interruptions impacted your charitable giving? If you feel like you have less to give this year or are waiting until you get through these recent challenges, 
We want to let you know about some creative gift options that won't cost you a dime this year. For example, you could designate Real Presence Radio as the beneficiary of all or percentage of your IRA, or make RPR beneficiary of a percentage of your estate or specific asset. Make a bequest commitment gift this year without impacting your savings or investments. To learn more about the benefits of making a charitable bequest, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director of Riverview Place. I've worked my entire career in healthcare as a social worker in the hospital, skilled nursing, and hospice settings. I love my job. Not only do I get to work with a caring, dedicated team that displays human kindness to every resident, it's a privilege to offer seniors a lifestyle that reminds me of what it felt like to grow up in the small rural town of Buffalo, North Dakota. To join our faith-based community, call us today for a tour at 701-412-1952. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. We are here at the Church of Corpus Christi in Bismarck, North Dakota. I'm Karen Swalensky along with Father Logan Obergewich. We are visiting with Beverly Everett from the Bismarck Mandan Symphony Orchestra. And she is on her way back home. She's in Texas right now, but we are very grateful that you were with us. Thank you, Beverly. Thank you. So, Beverly, if you'd go under the Bismarck Symphony Orchestra website, under the mission statement, it says, to enhance the quality of life in central and western North Dakota through music. I'm just wondering, how does a symphony orchestra enhance the quality of life of people in this state? Well, it's a great question. Um, one of the things that means the most to me and has meant the most to me in my career is when we do a concert and I will hear from our patrons that the music literally made them feel better. And this was never more powerful than during COVID when we scramble to try to do things online and to try to keep live music going somehow um, in both Bemidji and in Bismarck, and people expressed how it made them feel emotionally better. Sometimes I've had people express that it makes them feel physically better. Um, I've had people say they had a headache and then they came to a concert and it was gone. And so I think having that, you know, that spiritual element um, of how music can really touch a person in your heart. Um, is really important to me. And so that is my goal when we're working on music. And yes, we're striving for perfection and, you know, for it to sound good and all of those things. But, but my goal has always been we reach somewhere deeper in the people that come to us. Um, we also, and I think we're going to be trying to do even more of this in the future, but, um, having more outreach programs so where we're having some outreach concerts outside of Bismarck Mandan area and trying to reach more people that way 
and also making sure that we get the word out that our orchestra concerts are accessible and welcoming for everyone. So I think there's this idea that you have to be a certain economic demographic or have a certain education level or dress a certain way to attend an orchestra concert, and that isn't the case. Um, we are fully welcoming to everyone, and um, you can wear whatever you want, and, um, and our tickets are very reasonable, reasonably priced, and we also have special discounts for seniors and students, and so just really want to emphasize that, that, that you know, if you've never been to one of our concerts before, um, come and try it out, because it's really cool to experience that sound in person. That was so true for me when I was down studying in seminary in St. Louis. I would go, occasionally go to some symphony orchestras and how how much it actually did lift up me physically, emotionally, but also spiritually. It was is very beautiful. Um, and one of the the actual orchestras I went to was um, Mozart's Requiem, yeah. and I couldn't just. In that moment when I was there, I was just thinking about the Mass, being this being actually played at the Mass. So leading into that, I'm just wondering, what's your experience of being a part of a symphony orchestra, but also then playing at Mass? Well, when I play at Mass, I um, feel differently in a way as a musician, and I, because my sole purpose there is to help people be able to worship better. And so I never want to do anything that would detract from that. And so I try, when I'm playing the prelude, for instance, to play music that would help people get into that space of, of what they're about to experience. And I um, just, I don't, I, I guess to put it one way, when I'm on the podium, <laughs> I have a certain degree of, of control. <laughs> and I feel like when I'm playing for math that I'm not really in control. I'm just letting God use me to lead the people in worship. Mm-hmm. You know, that's interesting, the whole music part, because um, I have a small group of women that we meet that's part of our Curcio group, and we just visited about that last week, about the importance of music in your life, and how mm-hmm. if you, you know, it's that closeness, I think, that you get to God when you do listen um, you start out your morning with, you know, blessed be the Lord. Um, I, they had recommended that at our, with one of our other Curcio groups, and it just makes such a difference of how you look at the whole day. So, you know, it's, music is a blessing. It really is. Um, I have a daughter that plays the piano, actually two of them. One stuck with it, the other didn't. But um, it's just a relaxation type thing, too, as well, I think. Yeah, even the mm-hmm. psalms would be chanted and, you know, in different uh, scripture passages, the canticles too, whether it be the Magnificat, it's it's very beautiful. Mm-hmm. So, Beverly, what are some of the upcoming events that you're preparing for right now? Well, our first concert in Bismarck is on Saturday, September 17th, and so we'll start rehearsing for that next week, and that's featuring a wonderful piano concerto, Rachmaninoff's second piano concerto that most of our our usual patrons are familiar with that. One of the most famous piano concertos, and Russell Hancock is a pianist from the West Coast. He's coming in to play that with us. And then we have some brand new music. So we have a piece written just for us um, called Heroes Overture that's written to commemorate the 150th birthday of Bismarck. 
and then we're playing a piece by contemporary composer Jennifer Higdon. And this will have visuals with it um, symbolizing the area of the Grand Tetons. Hmm. So when you have it's those... It's called All Things... Oh, go sorry. Ahead. No, go ahead. It's called... Her piece is called All Things Majestic. Okay. So... What does it take, you know, to prepare for something like that when you have the, the guests like that? I mean, I'm assuming there's different practices, or what, what, what does that entail? Um, well, we are, he's practicing his solo part, and then we are practicing our part, and then we also have some communication with him. So we learn, for instance, what different speeds he's going to want to go, and and um, find out some information from him so that we can be the best prepared when he gets there with us. And then we usually only have two rehearsals with our guest soloists. So we have a lot to put together in that time. But this is such a familiar piece to everyone. It's one that we've played before as an orchestra. Since I've been there, I think we've done it twice. So. Yeah, just another question I had was in terms of just the different places you played, what are some beautiful things that you see in North Dakota compared to some other areas? Is there advantages and disadvantages of, or just uh, joys or that you uh, see in this area, this Bismarck Mandan area when you play, for example, this upcoming Happy B- Birthday Bismarck, September 17th? Well, I think in these smaller communities, people are so proud that they have a symphony orchestra and and they want to support it. And that's always very humbling to me because, I mean, we we can't perform in a vacuum and we need the audience there. And we are so grateful also for the support of our donors. and, And so, but it all has to do with people valuing the arts and seeing that importance. And so... That means a great deal to me, and it's very humbling to me when people choose to spend their resources of time and money that way so that we can have an orchestra. And then as far as the organ world goes, um, Bismarck is an interesting place because it's such a popular thing to study. And I know this semester coming up, um, I don't think I'll have any more ad, but I already have 10 organ students studying wow. applied organ at the University of Mary. And so that's very unusual. I mean, there's a lot of organ departments around the country that have actually closed down or don't really have students anymore. And we have a quite a vibrant program going on out at the University of Mary. And, and hopefully some of those students now, I know out of the 10, um, at least four are returning students, but I think Two of the new ones are people who have had previous organ study. So these are all students that can come out and play in our parishes as well. So when they complete that that um, program, where do they where where do they venture out to? I mean, do they do they actually get jobs in those types of fields, or what what does that entail? A lot of them do. Um, one of my students, for instance, Ann Stork, she's the organist, I believe, and music director um, at St. Anne's there in Bismarck. So sometimes they stick around, and, and other times I think they've gone on to, to other parishes wherever they end up in their lives. Okay. Well, that's pretty neat. That is that is definitely a gift. 
Um, it's it's neat to watch you with you know the the feet movements and then you know your hand movements when you're up there. So definitely definitely a gift from you know that's it, very special. So do you want to tell the listeners, um, Beverly, of how they can you know um, learn more about the Bismarck Symphony Orchestra website? Sure. Um, we have a website at bismarckmandansymphony.org, and all of the information is on there for our season. It tells you when our concerts are. It tells you the music we're going to be playing. We already have program notes on there, so you can learn about the music that we'll be playing. All of the ticketing is on there, and the ticketing is done through the event center, but you can purchase tickets online, and you can still get season tickets. So we have full season tickets available and then some people like to do our pick three so that gets you a discount but you're not quite as committed to to all seven season concerts Mm, that's unique yeah that's very unique well we hope that um people do take advantage of that we do have a wonderful bismarck mandan symphony orchestra here um we appreciate everything you do beverly and do you have any any final thoughts or reflections for us today as we come to the end of the hour You know, I was thinking during one of the earlier conversations in this interview that when I first decided to become a conductor, it was a struggle for me because I had felt so called to church music. And I, as a young person, I thought you had to choose one or the other. And one of my professors said to me in this really deep voice that this symphonic music is where we find God. And so I think both experiences can be very spiritual and those of worship. So just wanted to reiterate that and just to say thank you i'm so grateful for real presence radio and for the opportunity to share on there and share on the air and i really appreciate you having me on today you're very welcome we we appreciate you as well beverly good being with you beverly you too thank you so much father so up next we will continue our discussion with the book of genesis and a look into the story of jacob with steve ray stay with us on real presence live Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 